Well, today it's the awkward commandment. You shall not commit adultery. And uh, maybe some of the adults, maybe some of the parents here today are thinking, is that really an appropriate topic for a family service? How is the preacher going to handle that? But let me just suggest to you that actually this is a great commandment for a family service. It's a little bit like commandment number five. You know commandment number five is honor your father and mother. It's part of God's instructions for family life. And commandment number seven, you shall not commit adultery, is part of God's instructions for family life, for marriage. And so we're going to be thinking about that. What does God say to us about marriage? We're going to be thinking about that whether we're children or adults, whether we're married or unmarried. But just before we get into it, let's think about where we are in the Bible story. Do you remember that God has rescued his people out of Egypt? And he's taking them to the promised land, and he gets them to Mount Sinai in the desert, and he calls Moses up the mountain. He says, Moses, these are my ten rules that I want you to give to my people. They are the best way to live. I want you to teach the people the best way to live. And if we carry on reading through the Bible story, we will realize that they didn't. They didn't carry on living the best way. Uh, Again and again, they broke the rules. And then Jesus comes, and then when Jesus dies, he takes upon himself the punishment for our sin, for all the ways in which that we haven't kept God's rules. But before that, he speaks and he teaches the people about, um, about God's law, often. He does that famously in the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm sure that uh, many people will hear will know uh, this verse. Jesus said, I'll tell you that Anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. In other words, Jesus says this commandment isn't just about certain things you do with your body. It is what happens in your heart and your mind. Just like last month, we thought about do not murder and we thought about the sword that we all have in our hearts. This commandment is about what happens in our hearts too. Well, today I've got three visual aids to help us think about three lessons from God's instructions for marriage. The first one is rather surprising, okay? It's a toothbrush. It is a toothbrush. And here's the lesson that goes with the toothbrush. God made marriage for one man and one woman. God made marriage for one man and one woman. I want you to imagine that you are going, children, on a school trip and you forget your toothbrush. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Maybe you could ring up your mum and dad and say, I've forgotten my toothbrush. Please, could you come and bring me one or put it in the post? Or maybe you are a bit older and you get a bit of free time and you get to go to the local town. You can buy yourself a toothbrush. Maybe if, maybe if you're in the middle of nowhere and you haven't got any time to get your parents to send you a toothbrush and there's no town to buy a toothbrush from, you put a bit of toothpaste on your finger and you wash your teeth with your finger... Maybe you don't bother to brush your teeth for the whole time you're away. I'll tell you one thing you will not do. You will not say to your friend, hey, I've forgotten my toothbrush. Can I borrow yours? Because there are some things in life that are just not meant to be shared, including toothbrushes. Well, God says that the special love that God gives to a husband and a wife is a bit like that. It's not meant to be shared with anyone else. That is what Jesus is talking about in our second reading. 
the religious leaders come to Jesus and they're trying to catch him out. They're trying to ask him a tricky question. And they say to Jesus, um, in God's law, Deuteronomy chapter 24, it says that divorce is, is allowed. And they say, Jesus, is it allowed? Are we okay just to get divorced whenever we like for any reason? A bit like this. They say, Jesus, my wife has burnt the supper. I want to divorce her and get a new one. Jesus, I woke up this morning and my wife has got a funny freckle on her nose. And I don't really like the look of it. I want to divorce her and get a new one. Jesus, my wife was parking the car and she scratched it. And now I'm going to lose my uh, no claims bonus. Can I divorce her and get a new one? They thought that God's law said that divorce was allowed. And so marriage wasn't really very important. But they were wrong. You see, they'd forgotten what God said in the instruction manual about marriage. Matthew 19, Jesus replied, haven't you read in your Bible that the creator originally made man and woman for each other, male and female? And because of this, a man leaves his father and mother and is firmly bonded to his wife, becoming one flesh, no longer two bodies, but one. So when God made Adam and Eve, when God made people, he didn't just make Adam he didn't just make lots and lots of Adams. He made Adam and Eve. And he said, when an Adam and an Eve come together in a marriage, they're no longer two people, but they're one person. And he says, don't share that special love between an Adam and an Eve with anyone else, just like you wouldn't share your toothbrush with anyone else. Not before marriage, not with anyone that you're not married to, not, with, not between two people who aren't a man and a woman, even if lots of people around us disagree with what Jesus says. Lots of people in the world, and sadly, as maybe some of the adults have seen today, e this week, even some people in the church will say, it doesn't matter, you can share that love wherever you like. Jesus says, no, it's between one man and one woman. God made marriage for one man and one woman. That's God's good plan. And, we're gonna th and it's a plan that lasts, which we're going to think about next. So here we are, first visual aid, remember that, the toothbrush? Second visual aid, a bit more ordinary, it's my wedding ring. It's my wedding ring, okay? God made marriage to last for life. God made marriage to last for life. If you've been to a wedding, you'll know that often the husband and the wife give each other a ring. And they say to each other, I give you this ring as a sign of our marriage. Uh, a wedding ring is not just a nice piece of jewelry. Most wedding rings are actually quite boring. They're not very pretty. But they are a symbol of how marriage is meant to last for life. They're not a line with an end. They're a circle that goes round without an end. And sadly, marriages, as Jesus knows, sometimes do end in divorce. There'll be some people here this morning who know that pain personally. There'll be some people here today who know that pain of divorce, maybe not personally, but in their, amongst their friends or amongst their family. Jesus knows that. But he also knows that the only thing in God's good plan that is supposed to end marriage is death. Which is why when a husband and wife give each other their wedding ring, they also say, until death do us part. Jesus says, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. You see, the religious leaders thought you could just get divorced and get remarried, and it really didn't matter. But Jesus said, if you treat marriage like that, you're breaking the commandment. Number seven, do not commit adultery. That's what it says in verse uh, nine of our reading. He says, I tell you 
that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. Now, obviously, we can't say everything about that verse. In the, it's a family service afterwards. It's a difficult verse to think about. But at the very least, it is saying, if you just get divorced just to get remarried, that is not God's plan. Because God made marriage to last for life. Some things are not meant to last for life. For example, a toothbrush. When you get a toothbrush and you take it out of the packet, it's just like so beautiful. It's just crisp and new and there's no bits of food stuck to it and there's no kind of lime scale. It's just, it's lovely. But after a while, a toothbrush gets pretty horrible, doesn't it? And it gets, I mean, my one's quite new, but it gets sort of like chewed up and it gets food stuck in it and it's got like brown stuff on the bottom and it's pretty horrible. You would be a very, very odd person if you never changed your toothbrush. Imagine if you went on your school trip with a toothbrush that was about eight years old. Your friends would not want to be friends with you anymore. Some things are not meant to last for life. Friendships last a lot longer than toothbrushes. We were at my, my parents, we did a surprise uh, 70th birthday party for them two weekends ago. It was so, so lovely to see friends they've been friends with for 50 or 60 years. And some people here will know friends they've had for a long time. Even if you're a child, you might be able to think of a friend that you've basically had, they've been your friend for as long as you can remember. Some friendships are meant to last. And marriage is a bit like that. It's a special friendship between a man and a woman that is meant to last for life. Two people coming together, sticking together, until death tears them apart again. God made marriage to last for life. But God did not make marriage to last forever. And it's really important when we meet together as God's people to remember that. Because some people won't get married. And they'll find that really difficult. Jesus is talking in the end of that reading from Matthew 19 about people who won't get married. Some people will get married, but they'll find marriage really difficult. Maybe especially if they're married to someone who's not following Jesus. And I know that there are people here in this church in both of those situations, people who aren't married, who would like to be, people who are in a marriage that is hard, maybe especially a marriage that is hard because their husband or wife isn't a Christian. And I want to encourage us together today as a church family to say, let's not make marriage the biggest thing. Let's, let's be a family, support and help each other, whether we are married or unmarried, whether we are unmarried and finding it really hard, or married to someone who's not following Jesus and finding that hard, or finding our marriage hard for a different reason. Let us be a family who support and recognize that we're all in those different situations and we need to care for each other. God made marriage to last for life, but not to last forever. There was another time when Jesus' enemies were testing him, and they came up with this story, okay? They said to Jesus, hey, Jesus, there was this woman who was married, and her husband died, and so she married another man, and then he died, and then she married another man, and then he died, and so on and so on. It was a ridiculous story. But they said to Jesus, hey, Jesus, in heaven, who is she married to? And Jesus said to them, you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. He said, when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. 
So God made marriage to be a place where a husband and wife share their special love for each other. He made marriage to be a place, the safe place for children to be brought up. He made marriage to be a place that blesses others, that is a building block of society, but he did not make marriage to last forever. Only this life. No one will get married in heaven. But here's the big surprise. Heaven is a wedding. Heaven is a wedding. Okay, our final visual aid is a mirror. So let me put my mirror up here. So we've got a toothbrush, a wedding ring, and a mirror. Because God made marriage to reflect his faithful love. God made marriage to reflect his faithful love. When you look in a mirror, you see a reflection of yourself. So I can look in here and I can see Paul and Vicky and Ali in the mirror. But it's not actually them. They are there. This is a reflection of them. And when we look in marriage, we are meant to be a we're meant to see a reflection of God's love for us. You know, you remember the very first commandment. Very first commandment. No other gods apart from me. No other gods apart from me. And this commandment, number seven, is actually quite similar to commandment number one. Because God chose his people and he invited them to be married to him. Spiritually married to God. And do you remember in our uh, first reading from Jeremiah, God says that his people have committed adultery. They've wandered off with other gods instead of staying with him. But then there's this wonderful verse in that reading. It says, turn backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. I am your husband, God says. You see, God knows all about our sin, all the things we've done that are wrong. He knows all about our shame, all the things we've been and become that are wrong. But he still loves us. And we look into marriage and we see a little reflection of God's faithful love, the way that God is a husband who never stops loving his bride. God's commandments are the best way to live. And this commandment shows us, it is good news for us if we're married or unmarried, children or adults, it's good news for the world too. Because it shows us God's faithful love. So I wonder if children, um, you can remember when you get home, a toothbrush, and a wedding ring, and a mirror. And maybe you could test your mum and dad and see if they've learnt um, what God says about marriage today. And parents, adults, if anything that we've heard today is, is awkward or sad or painful, let's remember that God's love, God's love is bigger than our mistakes. It's bigger than our failures. Jesus died to forgive us for every area, every sin, including every sin that we get wrong in this part of our lives. And if we're here today and we're finding it hard in our marriages or hard not being married, then let's remember too that marriage does not last forever. One day, we will go to the best wedding you can ever imagine. We went to a wedding in the summer. It was a beautiful day. The reception was at Inner Temple Gardens in central London, um, right next to the River Thames, these beautiful old buildings where they film all these kind of law dramas and stuff like that. It was a, it was a wonderful day. But it's just a tiny picture of the best wedding in heaven. This is, this, listen to me. Uh, listen to God's word um, about the wedding 
in heaven. This is Revelation chapter 19. The angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Blessed are those who are invited to Jesus' wedding. And that is all of you and me. We're invited to his wedding when he marries his church in heaven forever. God says, you shall not commit adultery. And that might feel like an awkward or a painful commandment, but actually it is God's good instructions for life. God made marriage for one man and one woman. God made marriage to last for life. God made marriage to reflect his faithful love. Should we bow our heads, have a moment of quiet, and then I'm going to pray before Nush comes and leads us in our prayers. Lord, we thank you that you teach us about the best way to live. And as we hear your law, we recognize that we have broken it in all sorts of different ways, in our hearts, in our minds, um, perhaps with our bodies as well. And we're sorry. And we thank you, Lord, that Jesus dies to forgive us. Lord, that he is the one who loves us with an everlasting love. Lord, we pray that we would be a church family that helps and loves and supports each other, whether we're married or not, whether we're finding being unmarried or being married hard or good. Whatever it is, whatever our situation, Lord, help us to care for each other and help us, Lord, to look forward to that day when we will be married with Jesus in heaven forever. For we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.